God is good, isn't he? Isn't it good to be in his house today? It is so good to be in his house and just to be together. And we just thank you, God. There is no satisfaction without Jesus. Is there? There is nothing and no one that will ever compare. Jesus is the only way. There is nothing and no one like Jesus. It's only Jesus. Who has found other ways? Who has gone other ways in your life? Anyone here gone other ways? There is no other way. Every other way leads to death. The word is clear. Jesus is the way. He is the only way. And when we try to go our way, we start to find death pretty quickly. Maybe not the physical death of your body, but who knows that once the Lord rescued you back, you realize that you were just rescued from death itself. Because see, the Bible says in James, it says, see, death happens, the physical death happens uh, at, at a particular point in time, but well before that time, some things began to happen. The Bible says that there is this desire that births in you, right? The devil, he, the devil breathes uh, desires into us sometimes, right? Who, who needs to be convinced that there is a desire in you that you have to subdue sometimes, that there's desires in us that are not God, right? Desires in us that are fleshly and things that we say, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to try to, uh, to get rich or die trying. There's things in, <laughs> things in the world that we've said, yes, Lord, we want you. We don't want this world. We just want you, Jesus. And so what happens is the Bible says in James is that that desire gives birth to sin. Sin only comes when we let desire birth. And then it says that sin gives birth to death. And we just thank Jesus that he comes, he destroys the curse, he breaks the curse of sin and death. He breaks that whole process in us if we'll let him, amen? And so we must rely on Jesus and Jesus alone. There is nothing, there is no one that will satisfy. It is only Jesus. It is only Jesus. Jesus is the only way, and I was thinking of the hymn, the old hymn, and you know it, it's give me Jesus, give me Jesus. It says, you may have all this world, but give me Jesus. You can have this world. Who knows the hymn? Who knows that hymn? You can have this world, but give me Jesus. I just want Jesus. Amen. And I was just thinking this morning, as we were coming here today, man, you can get... Uh, caught up even in ministry you can get caught up in good things you can and but it all boils down to one simple truth of this gospel it's Jesus and we complicate it quickly you know Christianity complicates Jesus quickly doesn't it and I've been saying that week after week you know even the Jews that Jesus was coming to right Jesus came it says for the Jew first and the Gentile were all Gentiles here, I think, but if you have, I have a little bit of Jewish in me from my, I found out through Ancestry.com, so I have a little bit, but um, we, he came for a particular group of people and then for the world, but when he came, the word says that they rejected him. Majority of them rejected him. He said, you search the scriptures looking for eternal life, but they point to me. 
They pointed to him, and he was standing right in front of them, and they missed him. We cannot afford to miss Jesus. Even the Bible without Jesus, without the Spirit of God, without Jesus going to the cross, his blood giving you entrance, right? We got saved through hearing the simple truth of the gospel, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, forgive my sins. I want to know you. Who got saved like that? Such a simple, simple gospel. And so even his word, if we approach the, even the Bible without that simplicity, uh, we are going to miss something. In fact, the Bible says that the disciples began to argue with Jesus. They began to argue and they said, who's the greatest? Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Who's the greatest in the kingdom, Jesus? And you know what Jesus said? Jesus took a little child, put it on his knee, and he said, this little one right here, this is, this is what the kingdom's all about. He doesn't answer their question because <laughs> their question was not the right question. Let me give you an answer to the question you should have asked. Become like a child. This child right here, what is a child? A child relies on their parents for everything, right? A child doesn't come home and wonder, you know, uh, do I have a place? Well, some do have this wonder around the world, but uh, they have such a simplicity of mind that when they, even a child that lives in a place that they don't know where they're going to sleep or where they're going to eat, they learn to know that is a, the, in simplicity, they're surrounding. They'll make the best of it because they're a child. Isn't that true? Who was who a child that went through a rough situation? But because of that simplicity of a child, you don't even know your parents really are bad until you hit like a certain age, then you start learning. But there's such a simplicity to a child. There's such a simpleness to a child. You just, I don't want to say go with the flow because we don't want to go with this world's flow, but you just go with God's flow. You just, you just rest in him. It's such a simple thing, and yet we complicate it, don't we? We complicate it, and I, actually, when I was looking up that hymn, I just wanted to read the, the lyrics to the hymn. It's very simple. That's pretty much it. And then I came across that new song um, by Casting Crowns, Only Jesus. And he said, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me, only Jesus. He said, and I've got one life to live. I'll let every second point to him, only Jesus. All the kingdoms built, all the trophies won, will crumble into dust when it's said and done. Because all that really mattered, did I live the truth to the ones I love? Was my life the proof that there is only one whose name will last forever? It's only Jesus. Anybody, let's just say this with me if you can. Only Jesus. It's just Jesus. There is no other way. And when we, we have to be so grounded and founded in that. We have to be. In fact, that's what I want to talk to you about today. We have to have this, uh, the Lord spoke to me, firm foundation. We need a firm foundation as believers. I begin to approach the new year asking the Lord, what do you want from us this year? What do you want from me? What do you want from this church this year? And the Lord began to just uh, speak some things this year that he's going to establish us, just really establish us firm. And that's individually, and that's us as corporately as a church. 
Um, but what the Lord does is the Lord establishes us a little bit differently than we establish ourselves. Right? We build sandcastles. The Lord builds things that last. We can build things that last and we can build things that fail. And I mentioned this in some weeks past. Sometimes I can't. I went to go find it in my notes, but sometimes I just speak and I don't even have it in notes. So unless I went and listened to every podcast, I wouldn't even know when I said it. But I know I said it in 2019. And I want you to turn there with me. I just want to look at these verses. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. In fact, the King James says he was a wise master builder. A wise master builder. So Paul says, there's a, the grace, God gave me grace to do something, and I came and I laid a foundation for you, Corinthian church. I laid a foundation like a master, like an expert builder. And then he says, now others are building on it. And what he was talking about is um, some other preachers coming in and out and others speaking things and doctrines and trying to understand there is starting to get to some confusion. And Paul says, whoever's building on this foundation must be very careful. Everybody say, be very careful. So we can't just build anything we want. We can't just put anything we think, okay, I've got Jesus, now I can just do what I want. I've got Jesus, now let's just, let's just build it. Let's do it. I'm going to build this life. i got Jesus, and he'll just be part of it. Jesus doesn't want to be part of your life. Jesus wants to be your life. He doesn't want to be number one. He wants to be the whole list. It must all point to him. It all must be for him. Everything is to glorify him. And he said, so you must be very careful, he said, verse 11, for no one, everybody say no one, can lay any foundation other than the one we have already laid, and it's Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation. See, there are churches even today, even uh, cults, that call themselves sects of Christianity, but they're trying to remove Jesus. You remove Jesus, you lose your foundation. I've been working on my home these last weeks, and the foundation is very important. When you start working on a home, you know what you find? Flaws. Lots and lots and lots of flaws. And they will never ever be perfect on purpose, because there's only one place that's perfect, that's in heaven with Jesus. But one thing that must be pretty darn close to perfect is your foundation. If there's anything that you want in a home that's good, that is well-built, you can do paint, you can reorganize, you can change till your heart is completely full with every desire inside you, and yet if your foundation was not built well, the whole thing will come crumbling down. Jesus is the only foundation, and we must lay whatever 
we build upon him alone. And so what I started to say, and I turned to this verse, is that the Lord builds things a little bit differently than we do. Sometimes the Lord tears things down. Who has had some things torn down in your life? Even good things. You thought I was building good things. I was doing good things. I was doing good, doing good, doing good. And then it seems like it all came crumbling down. Sometimes we say to the Lord, Lord, what are you doing? See, the Lord, he loves us so much. And the thing that he's building is not a one-story house. The thing that God's building is not a two-story house. If you could describe it, which we really can't and what God's doing, it would be the tallest skyscraper that you've ever seen. What God is building is much bigger than us. And what God does, and this is incredible, it's so, it's, this is God's system. He gives me life through someone else. Somebody spoke the message. Somebody presented Jesus. Somebody presented the gospel. And then I receive it. And then I give it. God's building, God's kingdom is built with people upon layer, upon layer, upon layer, upon layer, upon layer. And if you are in between someone else, then not only for your own sake, but for their sake, God will remove impurities. God will take lots of building blocks that we've put and thought they were good. This will help that person. And let me make the gospel more presentable. Let me make it easier. Come on, does this make any sense? And sometimes the Lord's like, I need to get all that junk out of your life. And you feel like the Lord brought a tornado against you and that he hates you, but he loves you. He doesn't just love you, but he also loves the next person that much. Remember, Jesus said, unless a seed dies and goes into the ground. Jesus showed us. So what's the foundation? It's Jesus. What was Jesus? Jesus is not just the Son of God, not just our way to eternal life, but he is also the way. He's also the path. He's also the example. He raised up disciples and taught them his example. He did what only he could do. The disciples could not lay down their lives and bring salvation. But we fall in the example, just as the disciples followed in Jesus' example, we fall in their example, which is laying down our lives. Right? We don't stop living, we still go to work, you still raise your families, but you live selflessly more and more and more, right? We've been talking about you can only do that. I'm not going to re-preach the last sermons these weeks. You can't do that in your own strength. Jesus is the only way, the Holy Spirit is the only way that you're going to be able to do that properly, but he helps you to live selflessly. So when Jesus is the foundation, what do you think that Jesus wants to build upon that? Jesus foundations, Jesus layers, Jesus layers. Jesus, we cannot start building. We cannot add to the world. We're not helping God. We're not helping the kingdom. We're not helping build the kingdom by put the world there. 
he doesn't need our opinions in there either. Our opinions and our thoughts and figuring it all out. Because then the Lord is going to have to tear it all down. Who's been there? But who came through it? And who saw the Lord build something way better, way bigger, and way stronger after? Right? Who had your life torn apart? And it seemed like hell came against you. God allowed it. But after, you were so much stronger. I've said this before, but even a bone, when it breaks, it grows back twice as strong as it was before. God is good, isn't he? He's always good. And there are many things that the enemy has done against your life, tried to plant in your life and put against you, even from a little child to an adult here today, to try to destroy you and shipwreck you. But Jesus was after you from the moment you were born. The moment you were born, he was after you, and he was in every situation, though, even though it didn't seem like it, but he was building something and strengthening. And then, and then we come to this moment where we just surrender. And when we surrender, we think, wow, this is going to be great now. It's going to be easy now. Who thought that? Who thought it was going to be easy when you said yes to Jesus? It's not actually harder. You know what it's harder for? Your flesh. It is easy. It's only hard because you don't want to yield. <laughs> it's only hard because we don't want to do what God says. We've been resisting it so long that we form patterns. We form mindsets. And then all that has to be broken apart. God breaks it apart for our good. He said, anyone, verse 12, who builds on, everybody say, that foundation. On which foundation? The foundation of Jesus. When we build, when, when God starts building and, and we start trusting God and building something that's going to last into eternity. Who wants to last into eternity? They say you can't take it with you. You know that, right? You can't take it with you. And I mentioned this some weeks ago. You can't take earthly things with you. You can't take fleshly things with you. But what you can take with you is what has been built in Jesus. The kindness, the love, the grace, the mercy that was shown to me when I show those things to another those things are building blocks in his kingdom, right? And doesn't it build people? Doesn't love build so much better than hate? <laughs> they last. In fact, it lasts all the way into eternity forever and ever. We're not doing this thing following Jesus so we can have mansions in heaven. If that's your intention, you're already off. But the word does promise that everything we do, the Lord is watching every single moment. He's listening to every single word. He's looking at hearts and tents. He's looking at motives, all of those things. And the Lord is building. It's not why we do it. We do it cause just because we love him. He loves us and we love him back. That's the simplicity of the gospel. Jesus loved us. He died on the cross. He shed his blood for us. And we just want to love him back. 
Can that just be the simple gospel? We just want to love him back. And Jesus said, how do you love me? He actually answers that question right in his word. How do you know if you love me? Obey my word. It's very simple. It's such a simple gospel. We just complicate it because the flesh is wrestling with the word of God. And so what the Lord does is he destroys the flesh. He can't build with flesh. And so that's what it starts to say here. It says you can build with, you can build with gold, silver, jewels, or precious stones, you may know it as, or you can build with wood, hay, and straw. This is very interesting, this list that he tells us to build, that you can build with. He says, Jesus is it. It is only in Jesus. Remember, I've been saying these these past weeks. You didn't know the Bible when you came to Jesus. You probably only knew of Christians. You knew a couple in your life, but you never really fully got what was happening. Otherwise, you would have received it already. But something happened. Jesus himself got a hold of you. Who knows that's the truth? That it was just Jesus. And he used a person. He used the messages that were spoken all around you, but it was Jesus who got a hold of you. And Jesus said, okay, now there's life left to live. If there was no life left to live, as soon as you say, yes, Jesus, you're my Lord. I love you. I want to know you. I repent of my sins. Forgive me. Wash me in your blood. At that moment, if that was it, he, why not just take you to heaven right then and there? Why do we have to live out? What is this life? What are we living here? What are we still doing here? And it's God building his kingdom. We must understand that God is establishing his kingdom. We are not free. Everybody say aloud, I'm, you don't want to say this. I know you don't want to say this, but just say it. Tell your flesh, I'm not free. You're not under my control. You're free to come and go. No one forced you to come in here today. You're under the Lord's control. The Bible calls it so many different analogies. It calls it a soldier, an enlisted soldier. You know what an enlisted soldier? You know how much freedom an enlisted soldier has? Why is that funny, Gavin? <laughs> None. You have freedom when we tell you you have freedom. All right, that's what your superiors tell you. You're off when, you're off. when we tell you you're off. Oh, your weekend's rejected. No weekend for you. Calls it a soldier and an army. He calls us slaves. We're not free. We are, we have become building blocks in the kingdom of God. And if you are truly his building block, then he has the right to shape you in any way he pleases. And you know what happens when one of those bricks puts out an elbow and says, I refuse to let this thing go, God just gets a bigger chisel out. Who's had a bigger chisel in your life? Who's glad God broke that thing off you, though? Come on, who's got, glad that God got the bigger chisel? He got the jackhammer out on your life. <laughs> Some people needed a jackhammer. God's building something. You are a building block to the kingdom of God. 
God's building his kingdom. He's establishing his kingdom. And so he says, you can build with a variety of materials. And this is so interesting. And I know that we had looked at these things not too long ago, but gold, silver, and jewels are all formed. This is very interesting. They're formed under pressure and they're formed under heat. They're formed in the fires. They're formed down deep. They're formed through trials and tribulations. That's why we looked at James just some weeks ago. Count it joy, because God's doing something in you, isn't he? When you're going through stuff, if you look to God, God is actually using it. God didn't give, he didn't put it, this is the, it's such a fine line. He didn't do it to you. He's just allowing it for your good. But then he says that you can also build with wood, hay, and straw. What happens to wood, hay, and straw? Those things, when they get into the fire, into the pressures, they don't last. It says, verse 13, on the judgment day, everybody say, on judgment day. See, a lot of times as Christians, we live as if there is no judgment day. Here it is. It's right here in the word. We've got to trust his word. If we're not living by the word of God, what are we doing? Might as well just make it up. Why don't we just make up, you know, we just gather together, we just be a social club and just make this thing up as we go along. If there's not a roadmap, then what are we doing? And it's so clear, the word is so clear. It says on judgment day, so there is a day that's coming. Everybody say there's a day that's coming. And he said that he will test, the fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. And it says that the fire will show if a person's work has any value. There are many, many, many things that we can try to add to Jesus and add to the simplicity of the gospel. Many things that we can do and try to be. And the Lord is not opposed to our programs. The Lord is not opposed to making the church building comfortable. He's not opposed to uh, your musical style to reach a particular group of people. He's not opposed to strategies. But if we try to do this Christian walk in our human mind, that's what we've been talking about from weeks, weeks, for weeks and weeks now, we try to do it in our own strength, in our own way, and just figure God out and figure out how to be a believer in your own mind. And I'm going to reach people. I'm going to do good. I'm going to show God. I'm going to prove God. We're just going to be doing things with wood, hay, and straw. If the Bible gives us this list, it wouldn't... I love when I read the Word and I read how He tells us, He warns us, and He tells us both sides. It wouldn't show us both sides in the word if it wasn't the, there wasn't a potential for us to be able to build with wood, hay, and straw. If there was no way as a believer to be able to do this, he wouldn't even write it. But he wrote it there to, to warn us, to show us that you can do things God's way or you can do things man's way. 
You can try to hold on, even holding on to things that you have the right to hold on to, like something that was done to you, a hurt and a wound that was done to you. And you feel like I have the right to hold on to this because I didn't do anything for this to happen. This was done to me. I have a right to hold on to this. And you know what the Lord says? The Lord says, if you hold on to that, when I test you in the fires, I like to say, let's just get the fire over with now. One way or another, you're going to deal with the fire. Let the Lord do it now. It's no coincidence that even hell is fire. You know, God didn't design hell for any human beings. There was never, it did not design hell for human beings. Hell is for the devil and his fallen angels. But there's no coincidence that it's fire. You know why? Because fire is purifying. God is just. God is pure. God has everything in balance. The whole universe. I mean, we know it, right? The sun and the moon and the earth, they, they interact by such close parameters. I mean, it is so, everything has to be perfect. And if it was off by just a little bit, right? Everything goes into total chaos. God is a God of order. And even hell is a purification. Not for humans, we only go to hell because we choose to. God doesn't send really anyone to hell. We just decide, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to repent. And by our own choice, we reject Jesus who gave us life. And he says that the fire will show if a person's work has any value. But he says if the work survives... That builder will receive, everybody say, that builder will receive a reward. So there is a reward for building it God's way. There are rewards for doing it God's way. And the thing about God's rewards, they last forever and ever and ever. You know what rewards the devil gives, right? I, I mentioned get rich or die trying, right? The world's way. The world's rewards, the rewards of this earth, the only rewards that the devil can give, right? I mean, these music artists are blatantly, they're open about it. Yeah, I sold my soul to the devil. It's just a joke to them. But, but they're blatantly, they're not just being funny. They're chuckling as they say, but they're for real. And they've been very blessed in this realm, in this earth. But the only thing that they can have here stays here. It does not last. We want rewards from God that last forever and ever and ever. And it's not built the way you think it's built. God is not impressed by how much you do for him. God is not impressed by how shiny your shoes are. God is not impressed by your giant ministry. All that God wants is someone who does things, you ready? His way. That's gonna look different for every single one of our lives. Every single one of us, that's gonna look different. He's not opposed to the giant ministry, and then he doesn't, but then he also doesn't look at the giant ministry and the little tiny ministry in comparison. God says that person's doing what I asked them to do. That person's doing what I asked them to do. That person, they don't have any ministry that people can see. 
but they dealt with their flesh, and I'm just as pleased with that person. They had a lot come against them. Their family did this, their parents did that, and so on, and I'm pleased because they've let me take all that off them and build them, and that one person may only be affecting the children in their home, and God is pleased with that. Is this making sense to anybody today? We just need to do it God's way. It's only Jesus. We have to realize that Jesus is the only foundation. And, and, and if we try to do this thing, Christianity, without Jesus, and we do it. We do it. We get running. We just go running off and doing all these things. But we have to run back to Jesus. Come back to him. He says, verse 15, if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. And this is not talking about heaven and hell because this is, talking, this is talking about going into eternity. There is the fires of hell where that's just total rejection of God. And then there is this fire, which is I wanted God. I just didn't want to fully submit to him and do it all his way. I did some things his way, some things my way, but I kept looking to him. He's still Jesus, but I just built my own kingdom. And the Lord says, okay, I love you. I know you love me, but everything you did on this earth and all that time you wasted is gone. And he says, the builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Isn't the word of God good? Isn't God's word good? And aren't you glad I preach his word and not my opinion? This would be hard to say in my opinion. I think you guys would be mad at me right now. I'm like, just give me, just Lord, you, you want to speak that scripture? You speak that scripture. I'm not saying it, you say it. The Lord is good, isn't he? It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, it says, God's truth stands firm. Everybody say, God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone. His truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. And the New King James says that the solid foundation of God stands, having the seal. The Lord knows who are his. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Again, we've been preaching. Don't try to do that in your own strength. Only God can do that. But the solid foundation of God is this. Jesus, I repent. Jesus, I turn to you. You know, just like a child, like as I mentioned a few moments ago, coming to its parent, right? Just like that child, no matter what they've done, right? The parent welcomes them back every single time onto their knee. The parent loves them. And the child knows that the parent loves them, right? A good parent. God is the best father. He's the best father. And and it's not turning, it's not you trying to turn, it's not you trying to do it, it's just you relying on Jesus. In fact, we can see in Matthew 7, Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. It says, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Everybody say solid rock. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. It says, though the rain 
comes in torrents, and the flood waters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Let me tell you something. As believers, you live in the same world that the world who doesn't call Jesus Lord lives in. Okay, we need to understand this. We still all live in the same world. We are not better. You are no greater than the sinner. The difference is that you have turned your life to Jesus, which they can also do. And that's what our lives need to reflect, Jesus' love so that they do. But the difference is, that when the same exact floodwaters come, when the same exact winds come, right? These things come in this world. And the world is hopeless. They don't have any hope during those situations. But the word says that if we will found ourselves on the rock, which is Jesus Christ, he is the rock. He is that foundation. You want to build on rock. It says it won't collapse But it says, anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is, everybody say, is foolish. Anyone who does it different than Jesus instructed us to do is foolish. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. This is no commentator, not that I don't trust Paul, but these are Jesus' words himself. Jesus said this. He said, Anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. You know, down south in North Carolina, uh, in South Carolina, Dawn's cousin works down there, and they build houses right on the ocean, which is not a great idea, but people want to be near the ocean. I understand it's beautiful there. So... They can't find rocks, so what they do to compensate is they run poles down 14 feet into the ground, 14 feet below the sand just to get them as deep as they can. There's still no rock. It's just sand. They find as hard as they can just to compensate. And the poles stay. Who who has seen after the storm? The poles stay. (laughs) Nothing else lasts in that situation. But we build on bedrock, don't we? We built on Jesus, not on sand. So it says when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it says it will collapse with a mighty crash. We build on Jesus, but as Christians, we must continue to build on Jesus. We must keep building and keep building and keep building and keep building. We cannot rely on ourselves. And I love this. I just want to just go to this last set of scripture here and then I'll close with this. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, each time, he said, my grace, remember we referred to this scripture last week, my grace is all you need. Everybody say, his grace is all we need. We need to rely, we need to cleave to Jesus, we need to let Jesus take away anything that's going to hurt us, anything that's going to hurt someone else, anything that we have built, anything we've wasted our time with, anything we're even trying to give to try to help Jesus be Jesus. We just need to give them Jesus, give them his word. We need to just tell them in love, 
if you don't follow the word, you're building on sand and you're going to be washed away and not be afraid. We just need to tell people the truth that it's on the rock and only the rock. It's just Jesus. I'm sorry. I love you. But you're in deception in that other religion. It's just Jesus. If we don't believe that we're on sand as well, it's not just your message you're giving that's skewed. You yourself are on sand because he said, if you don't listen to my sayings, you are on sand. We, when we try to help Jesus help the gospel, try to soften it, try to make it easier, we ourselves are questioning it. I know that's a hard truth, but that is the truth. But he said, my grace, we rely on the grace of God, not on our own strength, not on our will, not on our way, not on our words, his word, my power. Everybody say his power. He's talking about the power of God here. God said to him, my grace is all you need. God said his grace is all we need. And he said, my power works best in weakness. My power works best in weakness. We don't try. We don't need to be super Christians. We rely on Jesus. And it may feel like you're weak. It may feel like you have got nothing to offer. It may feel like the Lord is stripping things off of your life, stripping everything away. There's, I've been saying this for these last weeks. There's nothing left of you sometimes. The Lord is just taking away, taking away, taking away, just stripping you down. And it's because he wants to give you his grace. He wants his power and his grace to work for you, not you. You will fail every single time, but he won't. He said so. I love what he says here. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness in the New King James. God said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. So uh, Paul says to them, he says, when I discovered that, basically, once I went through that revelation, he says, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. I don't want to be anything else. I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to do it in my strength because I can't. And the Lord made me realize that. The Lord made me realize that I can't do it in my own strength. Who has been taught that lesson? Where the Lord made you realize that you have to rely on his grace. Sometimes you're wondering what is going on. He's revealed, the Lord's revealing. The Lord reveals your weaknesses so that he can show you his power. The Lord reveals your weaknesses so that he can give you grace. And he said, so now I'm glad to boast. Imagine this. Imagine this, church. He said, so now I boast about my weaknesses. We're so prideful, aren't we? Who came in here boasting about their weaknesses today? Anybody want to get up and boast about your weaknesses after the service? We're so prideful. Myself included. I said we. He said, so that the power of Christ can work through me. 
it is the only Christ and we can only build Christ. And flesh, my strength, it will always fail. So he reveals him your weakness so that you have to rely on him so that the only thing you build is him. So you're not giving anything else to anyone else but him. He said, I take pleasure. I love this. Come on, guys. This is so good. I take pleasure in my weaknesses. I boast about them, and I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and the troubles. He only has insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles for one reason. What is it? Because he's making it easy for the world or because he's telling the truth? And the truth, the truth is life, but it's hard to the flesh. It's not hard to their spirit. It's just hard to their flesh. And they're going to respond just like they did with Jesus. Don't forget they crucified Jesus. So if you're representing Jesus, the cross might be in front of you. And so they responded with insults, with hardships, with persecutions and troubles. But he says that I suffer for Christ. But then when I'm weak, I'm strong. Everybody say, when I'm weak, I'm strong. Right? Uh, Philippians 4 says, I can do everything through Christ. It is only Christ, and we can only build Christ. And just going to let the Lord minister that to you, into your spirit. I will continue today, more than my words. I know that I needed to say those words, but if your mind is trying to compute it, don't even try. Don't try to figure out where I need to get this and where I need to rearrange that. Just let the Holy Spirit do it. Amen. We just thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your truth. Your word says of itself, the truth will set you free. We thank you that there's freedom in this house today, Lord, that if we will rely on your word, that we will become free, Lord. I thank you. We walk in freedom in this church. And Lord, we stand with you because we believe your word. Even the stuff in the word, Lord, that we don't like to hear, we love, Lord, that you loved us enough to tell us the truth. We just give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.